Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. FM 96.9 The Game. We're at AM 740. We're on the iHeart app worldwide. A little bit later today on our show, a chance to win tickets to the next Orlando Magic home game next Wednesday against Denver. So stick around for that. Uh, the big weekend, obviously, of college football includes 10 conference championship games. Two of those are tonight. The Pac-12, the MAC will play. The other eight will play tomorrow. We've got UCF and Memphis here. A 1.30 pregame and a kick will be at 3.30 from Spectrum Stadium. But we wanted to spend some time and talk Florida Gator football as well. And we welcome our friend from Swamp247.com, Bob Redman. Bob, how you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Well, see, let's take you back to August. What were your uh, what were your hopes for the Florida Gator football team, and did they deliver more than what you would have thought? Well, I think if you're talking about August, I actually changed from eight and four to nine and three. Okay, so I got the record right. But I think if you're looking at the way certain parts of the team progress and just the way they looked overall, I think they certainly surpassed that, especially on offense. Um, you know, the, the the entry to Marco in the secondary hurt the defense a little bit, and uh, and they started out poorly uh, against the run. But I think uh, offensively, I don't think anybody thought that they would improve this much. I just thought the schedule kind of uh, leaned away to being a, a – eight and four or nine and three team and i actually watching them practice through spring and then uh, a, a lot of the fall that we were allowed to see i felt pretty confident that they could they could probably get nine wins um but i just like the way they did it i, I think i'm just impressed with the way they did it. i would think that the energy level of the football team once they get back for bull practice would be on an uptick uh the way they handled florida state at dope campbell last week too right Oh, no doubt. And, you know, it's uh, kind of one of those things that's, you know, the burden's off your shoulder now. You finally got over that hump and uh, losing, you know, four or five years in a row is it will takes a takes a beating on your whole program. And uh, it, it's, uh, you know, the way they went out and did it and, and, and just pretty much crushed uh, Florida State, especially in the second half. I think it, it, it sets up great for wh- whoever they end up playing in the bowl game. Bob, let's talk about the quarterback situation. In mm-hmm. your opinion, how well do you think the coach Mullen handled Felipe Franks the entire season, knowing that Frank does have some things he's not very good at, and Mullen had to work around those things? I think overall he did a nice job with that. Do you agree that he handled handled Franks as good as he could have? Oh, I, absolutely. I think if you had to point to one thing um, that was better than expected, it was that. You know, I thought they would have to really lean on the running game. I thought the offensive line would be a little bit better, and I think they played better than I thought they would. Um, and, and I thought they'd have to lean on the running game and just not make mistakes with Franks. Um, but the guy threw 23 touchdowns and only six interceptions this year. I mean, you know, last year it was nine touchdowns and eight interceptions. So um, it, it was a drastic improvement. I think, uh, you know, and, and he's not a really good fit. He just isn't. Now, I will say this. He, he runs better. Uh, he, he got better late in the season. Um, running between the tackles and that kind of thing. I think he got a little bit more aggressive. 
um, showed that he was a little bit more physical than anybody thought. Um, but you know, he's got a six foot six frame, he's 240 pounds, but he's, you know, that six foot six, that's a, that's a, uh, a lot of height to put weight on. So it, it, he's not really, a, I wouldn't call him a sturdy runner, but he played pretty physical down the stretch. And I think all of that added up to much better play than anybody expected. So, Bob, Emory Jones got a chance to play late in the season, and uh, he mm-hmm. looked pretty darn good with the ball game coming mm-hmm. up. I'm not sure which ball game it's going to be. We'll, we'll know about that on Sunday. How much playing time do you expect Emory Jones to get get in the ball game coming up? Yeah, I think he will get plenty. And, and I think, you know, there's a chance Trask might be back as well. Um, I, I don't know if they're certain on that, so we'll have to see. But, you know, they held out playing him. They certainly could have played him uh, in the end of the FSU game if they wanted to, but they held out so they could play him in the bowl game. So, you know, it's a game that you want to win for sure. It'll get you to 10 wins if you do. Um, but it's also a fun thing. And um, But I think, it, you know, it, it's a chance to play against a, a really good team, whoever it happens to be. Um, and I think I think Mullen wants to to roll Emory out there a little bit at least. So Bob, yeah. certainly, have, I think you really need to let Frank start and and do his thing. Uh, but I would have packages early for Emory, and then I would slide him in if you know, depending on how the game goes. Last couple things. Bob Redman is mm-hmm. with us, covers the Gators for at Swamp Twenty Four Seven dot com. What do you hear? What What are the rumors surrounding where Florida will go? Will it be a New Year Six bowl game? In your opinion? I think I think most people I think Florida's ranked high enough now they don't have a chance to lose to where it's almost a you know I guess nothing's a certainty but uh, I think it's pretty close to that um, that they will be in a New Year's Six um, and, and we'll, again we'll have to see it's actually pretty surprising to me a three loss team you know is going to get one of the big bowls um, but that's because you have the top four teams that are kind of out of that mix because they're playing in the playoffs so. Um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think it will be. It should be the Fiesta or the Peach, uh, one of those two. Um, and, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, I, I think right now the Peach Bowl is the is the most likely destination for Florida. And that's a really good one um, for Florida, in my opinion. And the last thing, briefly, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know, what about this roster? How much of it returns next year? Well, there's only, you know, there's only about four or five seniors that played a lot this year. Um, so, so as far as the seniors go, uh, you're you're not going to miss a whole lot. But I think there's probably five juniors that are going to go pro early. I think both running backs. Uh, you know, if you'd asked me two and a half weeks ago about the running backs, I would have said neither of them were going to go. Um, but they played really good down the stretch. And you know, running backs is a is a it's a different deal in the NFL now because they don't last very long, and mm-hmm. you want to get out and get in there early and, and get get the money early and, and all that stuff. So I actually think that Jordan Scarlett and Michael P. Ryan are going to go. Um, uh, Chauncey Gardner has already declared for the NFL. He's going to play in the bowl game and then go after that. I also think that um, Ja'Kai Polite will leave early. Uh, he's going to be a, high, a pretty high-round pick now, which wasn't uh, looked at to be. And then the last guy, I think, and some people might be surprised, but Jawan Taylor, the, the offensive tackle. Uh, the junior offensive tackle. So the Florida's going to have a lot to replace on the offensive line. That's the biggest spot as far as three seniors and a junior in Jawan Taylor that I think is going to go early that they have, they're going to have to replace. Thanks for being on with us every week uh, this football season. We'll huddle again sometime soon, okay? All right. Sounds great, guys. Thank you, Bob. Bob Redman, Swamp247.com on the Gators. It's 4 o'clock in the East or just after. 
We're WYGM Orlando, WJRR, HD2 Cocoa Beach, FM 96.9 The Game is Orlando sports leader. Let's welcome our friend Eric Lopez, a colleague. He's also a part of uh, the podcast uh, that covers UCF football at SB Nation site, which is Black and Gold Banneret. Elo, how are you? Jerry, Shad, good to see you too once again. Uh, I know that you're looking forward to this game tomorrow. We'll have it as the home of the Knights. Uh, UCF in Memphis, pregame at 1.30, kick at 3.30 from Spectrum Stadium. Uh, and you have to think, as much as there is an excitement about this rematch with Memphis, the winning streak on the line, a big bowl game, there's a bit of a cloud overhead. I don't think it's a rain cloud, but there is one in, nonetheless uh, following the story of uh, Mackenzie Milton, who about one week ago at this hour uh, was seriously injured, right? Yeah, it's one of the most unfortunate things I think anybody's ever seen that's covered UCF athletics for many years and decades. Uh, I remember watching it in person when it, uh, when it happened, when Milton got hurt, and, and I, don't, I think the game became secondary. It's, uh, it's a tremendous credit to the players and the coaching staff for moving forward and playing the way they did in finishing off South Florida there. But uh, just a, unfortunate, I was at basketball last night. UCF played Alabama in basketball, and I talked to some of the fan base, and they're still – have McKenzie in their mind, as everybody does. It's, there's definitely a hangover from that standpoint, and we just hope that, that he's going to be okay, that he's going to be fine as a young man. If he gets to come back in football, great, but more importantly, that he's good as a well-being. Because everybody that's covered him, and you've covered him, Jerry, and you've talked to him many a times, nobody has a bad word to say about him. He's a tremendous kid, and that was just a tough to, to, to swallow and to see just because of the person that he is, let alone, obviously, the impact on, on the field. Let's talk about uh, stopping Memphis. Daryl Henderson comes in, Eric, and he rushed for 1,700 yards and 19 touchdowns. He's a fantastic running back. Talk about that matchup, what the UCF defense has got to do to stop this guy. He's one of the best in the country, isn't he? He is. He's one of the best backs. He's the best back UCF's probably seen the last couple of years. And, you know, they played earlier this year in Memphis, and part of the, the big step is tackling him, which is easier said than done. UCF missed unofficially 12 tackles in the first half in, up in Memphis when they fell behind at one point 30-14. to 14. Henderson had his way with UCF in the first half. The second half, UCF under Coach Shannon cleaned up some things. They tackled better. They stacked the line more, and it was much more successful. And I expect to see more of that on Saturday. I think this defense for UCF is playing at a lot different level, higher level than they did when they were in Memphis. They're doing a better job with their assignments. I think they're more comfortable. They're tackling more. And I think they're going to try to gear up to slow down Henderson. I don't think you could shut down Daryl Henderson, but I think you can contain him. And I think is to keep those three to four yards from becoming 20 and 30 yards. He's so good at that. To me, UCF, I think, will stack the line more and try to force Brady White to beat them passing the football. Talk about Daryl Mack now, the quarterback. He's uh, played well when he's had a chance to play, and he will be the man tomorrow. How aggressive do you think that UCF will be with Daryl Mack throwing the ball down the field? Obviously, it's not Mackenzie Milton, but UCF has got a lot of really good receivers that can go deep, and that's part of the game plan. It always has been. But how aggressive will UCF be letting Daryl Mack open things up? Coach Heupel said in his press conference this week that he, the playbook is still there for Mack as it would be for Milton. Now, is that coach talk? We'll find out. But there wasn't that drastic of a difference when he took over in the, in the South Florida game. He's not the accurate passer that maybe Milton is, but he's certainly a big kid, has a big arm, uh, very athletic. It's funny, every time I see him and I see that number eight on his jersey, it reminds me of Dante Culpepper 20 years ago. Not to suggest he's Dante Culpepper, but he's got some physical traits that are similar to Culpepper from an athletic ability. He can run, and I, I expect him to run 
and I think UCF might run some uh, design plays for him because he's a big a kid that can get some first down shortage. And, um, you know, I think he could throw the football, but with the way UCF's been running the football shot the last few weeks, I expect, you know, them to could try to dominate Memphis on the line of scrimmage with McRae and, and McGowan, and you got Killings. They've barely been able to run the football like they did against South Florida and, and dominate the line of scrimmage. I think that's going to be the key in this football game is which team can establish control of the line of scrimmage on both sides because I think UCF's offensive line didn't like how they played the first meeting against Memphis, especially in the most of that game where the Memphis defensive line had a lot of pressure on Milton. I think this defense, uh, offensive line for UCF is ready to go and ready to dominate this Memphis uh, defensive line. Yeah, I think that's well said. Like I, like I watched and witnessed firsthand uh, coming out of the locker room at Memphis, Memphis had fire in their eyes. Uh, their captains, even at the coin toss, looked to me as though they wanted to punch our guys in the face uh, because they took a step at the UCF captains, almost a, uh, a moment of intem- attempted intimidation. I mean, UCF didn't fall into that, but Memphis came out swinging. They had six possessions in the first half. UCF did not stop them. Uh, honestly, they stopped themselves a couple of times and had to kick field goals. They scored three touchdowns. They kicked three field goals. Uh, UCF turned it around in a cold, pouring rain in the second half and, and dominated play, though Memphis defensively was still very strong. UCF scored on a fourth and one from their own 29, a 71-yard touchdown run by Taj McGowan, and Mackenzie Milton actually got cartwheeled to a touchdown of seven yards, uh, the only scoring in the entire second half up there. Uh, but uh, I tend to agree with you, Elo, and that is, you know, they've got to make a statement defensively. They've got to be able to uh, keep this Daryl Henderson, the running back, talented running back, in check. Daryl Mack will have to make some plays tomorrow. But uh, to be able to get the ball, there were opportunities. He's seen snaps in seven games, the entire game at East Carolina. And a lot of his play, it's my opinion, was flawed. There were opportunities that he could have made big-time plays, uh, just short little uh, you know, dive pass patterns. Uh, quick strikes that were just out of the reach of the receiver that would have gone for big plays because we've got really talented, quick athletes uh, at the skill positions. And if you're able to make some plays like that and get the ball in the hands of those guys in space, they're going to turn that into big plays. We have so many of, of those players way beyond what Memphis brings uh, to the football game tomorrow. And there will be other opportunities for him to throw the ball downfield. And then you've got those skill athletes go up and, and, and make a play. You can't overthrow those. Allow your wideouts to make those plays. That's how I envision the game having to play out that would benefit UCF. You? I'm 100% with you on that because if you're Memphis with Milton out, you're going to try to gear up to stop the UCF running game and dare Mac to beat you. And I agree with you. I think Mac's got to make some plays. Now, the good news is he's got a week of practice. He did have some experience playing the East Carolina game, and I do feel better about that as opposed to, let's say, this was his first start and this was his first game experience. I think he'll be a little bit more nervous. But, I, you know, the players seem confident in Mac and yeah. that they hope make the plays. But I agree with you. I think it's going to come down in this game for both sides. I think they're going to try to gear up to stop the run, and it's which quarterback can be consistent enough and make enough plays, whether it be White at Memphis or Mac at UCF, I think could be the difference in this game. In, well, go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, well, sorry, Jerry. Well, one last question. Um, we talked a lot about the UCF defense. I, th- I think the UCF defense, Eric, as the season goes on, I think it's gotten gotten much better. And I want you to talk about that and the kind of defensive effort you think that the UCF will have, not only against Terrell Henderson tomorrow, but the Memphis offense in general, which is a pretty good one. 
you're right. They really have stepped up. Ever since that Temple game where they struggled, especially in that first half, and really got to criticize nationally, they have cleaned it up. I mean, you could make the case that their two best performances defensively have been the last two games. Uh, with South Florida and then even the Cincinnati game, they've been sharp and talking to the players. They're much more comfortable in the system. Remember, they changed the system under Coach Shannon, beyond a 4-3. Uh, they're not missing assignments like they did earlier in the year, and I think they're geared up for this. I think that, that whole team, I could tell you, they want to win for McKenzie Milton. And I know that's cliche, and, and then once the ball, you know, the whistle blows, it, you know, it's, every, it's about execution. But I think this team is motivated to – they've heard all the critics, and I think they want to make a statement and being at home – a big crowd, I think, will help them. Remember, Memphis has struggled on the road, and I think they want to kind of put a knockout punch early because I think this is a bit of a mental game. These two teams are now played four times in the last two seasons. Memphis feels they should have won the last two meetings, and I think if UCF's defense puts pressure on White, they force some turnovers, and they can jump out to a big lead, I don't think Memphis will be able to recover psychologically. I think Memphis will be like, oh, here we go again. These guys just have our numbers. So I think that's something I think the UCF defense is geared to try to set the tone uh, on Saturday. We'll leave it at that. Look to see you at the game. Thanks for the update with us today, Eric. Thanks. All right, Jerry and Shot. Take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.